following is an RED Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the RED Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. MPM Podcast, my name is Ian, and we are here to rage hard against the fizzy piss machine from the salubrious confines of the wine house slash the malt house in County Meath, and I am here with a man who is both notorious and illustrious in his travels on the Irish intertubes in beer, and that is Wayne, aka the Irish beer snob. Wayne, say hello to the boys and girls. Hello everybody. I'm so, not sure about Infamous, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We will, yeah. You think you should live up? I think there's a certain level of infamy that's there and it does exist. Yeah, I probably have a bit of a, a schizophrenic personality when it comes to that. You know, I can be infamous at times, but otherwise I'm everyone's best friend at times as well. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to do was, uh, Wayne is someone who from the start of me doing this podcast and sort of then starting to engage in the Irish online craft beer community has just been... Uh, like a voice of reason, and as I said, he's almost like my uh, my Tenzing Norgay up the mountain of craft beer and craft beer in Ireland, which has been really cool. And this dude knows a fuck ton about beer. Like he'll be super modest and everything else, because that's the kind of guy that he is. But like, I wanted to share like his experiences in going through his very popular blog, the Irish Beer Snob blog, where he reviews beers. I want to talk about his work with Bjor, which I think is hugely important as well, because he's one of the regional representatives of Bjor. And, of course, this is a podcast about beer. We want to talk about his favourite beers, why he likes them, and what he's assuming that he, we should be getting in our beers as we are in the very youngling stage of craft beer in this country. So, Irish Beer Snob. Where the fuck did that name come from? Um, well, I suppose the the idea came from myself with friends, and uh, we were in a pub, um, nothing but the usual fizzy piss on tap. And I said, you know what, lads, can we go somewhere else? There's nothing else on. And one of the lads turned around and said, you know what, there's nothing but fucking Irish piss now. And I was like, look, man, it's my money. I want to spend money on decent products. So at the end, we went to a different pub, had few different beers and you know try to get the lads in not interested but the name kind of stuck i've been thinking about blogging for a long time um i've enjoyed drinking craft beer for many years like you know obviously you can tell by the accent i, I grew up in northern england um where you know the regional brewery is you know ingrained in their way of life over there that every every village or main town will have a kind of staple local brewery where you can go into a boozer and have a pint of, say, salt air blonde for £2.50 and it'll be Ambrosia's nectar, but it'll only be 3.8%. Just what you want for a session beer. And it's interesting to see that that's coming on. Now, everyone who knows me knows I like talking. You know, like I've, I could talk the hind legs off a donkey. I could meet someone for the first time and by the end of the di- that conversation, you know, I know that guy's not going to say, Jesus, is that weird or again? Like, I, I, I think I'm able to make connections in that sense. But... The blog came around from saying, well, you know, I've known to talk to about it. There was, there's, you know, a few very good Irish blogs um, on there, like we all know, the, the main guys. I kind of tried to do it a little bit differently, where I don't take myself too seriously. At the end of the day, you know, I like good beer. I like good food. The two of them go very well together. I just like sharing my experiences in 
kind of a no-nonsense kind of way. Um, might not have the same flowery language that others may use, but you know, I'll kind of say it as I see it. It's like, was it catchphrase? Say what you see. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of where I come from with the blog. Now, the blog only really started with in earnest in July 2013, late July. Um, I kind of registered it all on Blogger and set up the Twitter account before I went to the States on holidays. Um, so like you see the first real post is about my trip to Florida and New York and you know the abundance of localised beer there and still being served side by side with the Budweiser's and cause light of the world and you know it being consumed in, in uh, good numbers. Well, we know the Americans are ahead of the curve, I think we are at the very much infancy of our own cycle at the moment. And there's a lot of exciting things happening out there at the moment. You know what's funny is you say about the whole thing about you, the local beer thing being ingrained. I mean, I spent some time living in the UK. I was up in uh, Lincolnshire around Grimsby. Grim by name, Grim by nature. Jesus Christ, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Oh, Sorry not. to anyone from Grimsby who may be listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, West Yorkshire is where I was. You know, Leeds would be the jewel in the crown there. But York, a short train ride away is a fantastic fantastic city and town great parts of the world actually for beers as well it's one thing I I was not very aware of sort of cast scales but I was peripherally aware of them because I come from a family who've worked in pubs and going back in the day my dad working in pubs and my grandfather working in pubs that are part of a family in Diageo and travelling around and seeing these things but never actually being around to understand the differences between the fact that they're they will go into these pubs and they will actually have beer that you will not be able to get in another part but everyone knows who what these breweries are. They know the guys and breweries had relationships. And this was back in 2006. I thought that was really odd. And now we sort of come full circle. It's for me, it's 2014. I'm sitting here with you. We have a fucking brew rua in front of us. And the brewery is literally around the goddamn corner. Yeah, I'd say it's about three minutes by car from here. Um, you know, it's fantastic for me that there is a craft brewery there. Paddy and Dara top lads I've got to know them through you know literally meeting them at a few things got to talk to them in detail at the RDS and you know I've been I've jumped in behind manned the taps with them at the festivals even Alltech recently and it's great to see and I think Ireland is that there is capacity there for you know more than there is because obviously even if you look at Dublin there really isn't many craft brewers in Dublin in the sense of given its size like obviously you've got um, the likes of Rascals who are you know setting up in Rathcool at the moment you've got Stone Barrel that are setting up as well uh, with five lamps in there um, obviously the Porthouse base in, in town as well but given the size of the city it's not much but if you look say down the south east you've got Metal Man in Waterford you've done Garvin then you go further down and you've got Cork and you've obviously got the Franciscan Well and just outside Cork you've Kinsale mm. but you, and Mountain Man as well obviously um, but it's growing um, and even up in the north uh, up in the northwest you've got like Kinnegar sitting up there as well yeah and Muckish Mountain as yep. well There's, and it's I think people are seeing it as a real opportunity to you know links in so strongly with Irish food you know, a few years ago, the remember the pork scandal. Yeah. Like one thing about my, I remember being in Kilkenny on a on a on a staff party night away, and we woke up the next morning to be told there's no bacon or sausages because it was all infected. That could have been massively damaging to the economy in the sense of you know our food exports are so important. 
but the one thing is the quality that they were able to identify where it came from and very quickly neutralize the problem but one thing our food quality that we don't necessarily have, well traditionally maybe not have taken for granted we do we take it more and appreciate it more now but my friends come over from England for weekends away I put them up and I'm doing them a full Irish and they're like god if you more of them sausages and I know my butcher by first name and he makes them sausages and I know exactly what's in them and they're going we don't have that like the you know our cultures are very similar but they're very different in the sense of our connection to the mm. land in Ireland is a lot stronger than it is in the UK but you know it's always remarked on the quality of our food and I think we're beginning to see that now in the quality of the beers uh, that are being produced like you know craft beer consumers in would be slightly different and more understanding than your average um, Heineken slurper. You know, if someone gets <laughs> Heineken slurper, if, if someone, if someone, yeah, yeah, well, you know, no offense to Heineken drinkers, I'm sure. You know, there'll be plenty of them around today for the rugby. But the, he he means no offense. I will always mean offense. Well, you see, this is me trying to be diplomatic, I suppose. But you know, like, give me a few more rumors, and we might talk a bit more frankly. But the thing is that you know, someone who drinks like. Macro-produced beer is quality controlled to within millimetres of its life. You know, you know, if it's very rare, you'll get a bad pint of a macro. Mm. There is occasions where you'll get maybe a pint of craft beer where maybe the carbonation's not 100%, um, maybe the you know the head retention is poor, or the, the, there's some off flavour in there. But I'd say that goes with artisanal food, where but you it don't have it. It's not like yeah. mass-produced, therefore it's not... You r- rinse, repeat by a million, and every single one is the exact same. Yeah. And I think that's it's part of a charm for it as well, is that you can get one which is maybe not good, not as good as a previous one, but you then get another one the next one, and you're just like, holy shit, this is like the best ever. And with cheeses, is, uh, I think like when you look at Sheridan's, who are I would hold up as like a really good example of craft produced food in Ireland, or craft source produced food in Ireland with their cheeses, like. People like to hold French cheese in esteem, and they like to hold uh, cheese from Switzerland in esteem or whatever else. But I think we have cheese produced in this country who will beat the shit out of anything you can find on the continent. Yeah, and you know, again, using that example, it's actually what I was going to say that craft beer consumer will generally understand that it's a small batch. Mm. These guys aren't making thousands of litres. Uh, in 5,000 litres at a time they might be making 1,000 litres they might be making a batch of 800 litres and there will always be the differences between batches and bringing like fortunately enough in the Royal County we do have Sheridan's Sheridan's main warehouse is just outside Kells they have a farmer's market every Saturday it's lovely to go to but every May they always have a big massive festival and it's great to see all the Irish food producers there and last year we had several craft beer producers 8 degrees were there got to meet Cam Blagged a couple of free glasses off him and a few beers, but you know, it's you're an expert at blagging free glasses. <laughs> blagging it all comes down to the relationships, as I say. But the the thing is, you know, craft beer consumers will generally be a bit bit more forgiving because they'll understand the the, the level of work that goes into it. Where that's where the diff, the difficulty of bringing the the transition people across those that might want to try something. At the end of the day, they might get put off if they get something that is in their eyes less than perfect. Where somebody who's experienced can say, yes, this is. A okay there's maybe one or two things wrong with it but it's really good you know and it brings me back to the blog you know the I try and highlight Irish beers in particular in particular even um, you know there's some fantastic Irish beers being produced at the moment you know you just have to look at the stuff coming out of uh, Kinsale uh, Black's Sam and Kinsale you've also got obviously Galway Bay Chris and Jason there are doing a great job um, and you, you are seeing that 
quality control and and re rinse and repeat process that learning by experience and that's been you know it's they see it in the final product you know like if you look at a pint of say brew now compared to what it was when they first launched in August September last year you know it's it's probably around the same flavour but they've nailed the carbonation they've nailed the head retention and that comes with you know you can do so much trial and practice but it comes down to when you get out in the real world you rely on people to be honest with you and say look guys you've got a great product but and I think the community overall is quite inclusive in that sense like you know I know a lot of the guys now by name from seeing them around at different things and it's great to catch up with them but we all talk to each other whether it's through Twitter or Facebook or VR or wherever you see know. that's the beauty of this like uh, I, there was an interview I was watching recently with Fritz Maytag the dude who basically took Anchor when it was on its uppers bought it for a song and turned it around and he said the one thing about sort of craft beer producers is and guys who are starting out and they're building their breweries up is that at the, in the time you could have someone who's a sales representative for Anchor and a sales representative for Sierra and they will both quite happily if they meet each other in the same bar sit down swap stories drink each other's beer and they will talk for the into the evening about different beers what they like what they don't like about beers and even share information about what they've discovered quite happily and you I was just when I was reading that I was like you know what, you would never see that from a dude from InBev and a dude from Diageo sitting next to each other and they'd be like, I hate you, if I can get out and if I have a car and I haven't any drink, I'll run you over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's... Um... Sorry, lad, you're not talking about Anchor, the uh, Indonesian beer, no? Uh, the American beer. Oh, this is, uh, yeah, there's, there's two beers in Indonesian Anchor. Anyway, one good thing the Dutch left <laughs> That is the randomness of doing podcasts out live, and it's yeah, always we're, good. We're out. We're, we're going native here, out in Trim uh, today. I suppose the the blog itself, like you know, people can take it and leave, it and I always welcome any any feedback. But it's not the interaction. I think you know, if you look at social media now, like if I look at the way I engage with social media, maybe three or four years ago, is everything was on Facebook, and I used to actually rejoice in checking into places just to wind people up. Whereas now. You know, I use Twitter a lot. Like, I've only been on Twitter maybe since, again, July. And I've racked up a stupid amount of tweets. A lot of them gibberish and nonsense. Um, a lot of them untapped-related. Um, but at the same time, it's so, re it's so quick and real-time compared to Facebook in the sense of, you know, you, you see, you know, Facebook's, I think, evolved in a different way. And I've looked at Twitter and said, well, you know, I really like Twitter. It's quite concise. You know, it's a really quick way to engage with people. And... You know, like obviously I use it to link back to the blog, you know, but at the end of the day, what you're saying about the camaraderie in the, in the community is, is there. Like, you're not going to see the local Heineken rep sit down, put his arm around uh, the lads in the local brewery and say, lads, great beer you have. He's more likely to try maybe, you know, talk them down to the publican and say, don't be mad, don't be getting that stuff in. And, you know, there's all sorts of anecdotal stories out there. And there it's, are it's, plenty of it's, them. It, um, you know, it's, it is a pity, but ultimately... You know, craft beer is a niche product in itself. It's 1% of an overall market, which is tiny. It's on an upward trend, that is definitely for sure. But it's still tiny in overall consumption terms, how much actually people drink. Um, but it's growing, and that's good to see. Well, the social media, it's very important that you bring that up. I think uh, 
the Irish craft beer scene. I mean, if you think about when the Americans started their uh, craft beer revolution back in the 70s, and I would always say Anchor is probably one of the best starts for that because that was a brewery that was literally going to die. Someone went in and they turned that around fairly rapidly. And then you talk about the growth of Sierra Nevada in the 80s. They didn't have social media. They didn't have access to the kind of funds to do marketing that, say, uh, Anheuser-Busch would have maybe had or some of the other... They still don't. And they still don't, exactly. And in Ireland, they were at the point where these guys, you got guys in brew. I'd actually even point out the guys in Otterbank because they're not even a brewery that's even established where they have their own brewery these are like I love these guys because I call them almost like the nomads of the Irish beer community yeah, I think gypsy brewing is the is the term that Declan uh, kind of said that he, that he prefers I, yeah. I had a pint with him there the other night um, but yeah. they benefit from social media yeah. being there because they don't have they are when you get into social media right they are totally on equal terms with the, with the big boys. The, in, the inequalities of money go away. And yeah. the beauty of it is, their customers can talk directly to them. The guys who are drinking the beer and consuming it, whether it's in LM Mulligan Grocer, whether it's in Farrington's or 57 Headline or some of the other places that are carrying their beers, they get to talk to the brewers directly. And when you are drinking from the Fizzy Pits Nazi machine, uh, you are not talking to the brewers. The brewers don't care. Um... And I'm pretty sure that the marketing teams really don't care. It's like, well, no big loss. There's millions of others who will who will buy our products. Yeah, um, I think social media gives everyone a presence, and it's important how they use it. And in terms of engagement, like you know, Twitter is an amazing tool for for that kind of interaction. That you know. They can see it through one tap. They can see it through, you know, just their timeline that you know so and so has had a pint of their beer in a local pub. And I'm sure that the brewers love seeing positive feedback, but at the same time, they want to know if they're doing something wrong as well. Like it's got like bring food into it. Gordon Ramsay has always said he would prefer when a customer complains because then he knows that he can do something to fix it. Whereas if someone says nothing to him. And goes off. He might, you know, ten, ten people, and you know, it's it's that that cycle. But you know, I think through raw experience, Irish consumers in the last ten years have changed massively, and particularly in the last five. And um, there's a lot more harder questions being asked. Where does it come from? How's it made? You know, who 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 is behind the brand? And there's a lot more of that now. You will always get people who will, you know, be loyal to, you know, like. Uh, like good acolytes towards a certain brand and you know he's not I, talking about anyone in particular <laughs> um, is that an Apple product there? Uh, is that another Apple product there? but the thing is that you know you always have people loyal to brands and Ireland traditionally has a greater brand loyalty than most of our mm. European neighbours so you know th- these things all kind of you know are statistically proven I suppose you can always say well statistics can prove any argument no matter what way you spin them but the, the facts remain that it's until recently where you're seeing the likes of Tesco losing significant amount of market share to the likes of Lidl and Aldi who you know when they first came into the market everyone scoffed going Jesus I don't want to be seen dead with an Aldi bag whereas a lot of people do the weekly shop there in Aldi now and the quality of the produce is good and you know that's a real sign of change in consumer trends it's Bloggers, brewers, organisations like Bior, it's our job to inform customers. It's not our job to say, to dictate to customers. That's what macro companies do. 
they make you desire a product even though you probably don't really want it. Do you know what's funny is it's funny you say that there's a particular video game that I play called World of Warcraft, okay? okay. And there's a guy who's a lead developer for it, uh, or he's basically he's like the uh, the leader of the project for us. He designs everything around it. And he, I always say that when he goes out and he makes an announcement, he gets you excited and whips you into a frenzy. And then by the end of it, and he goes off stage. You're like, what the fuck was I getting excited about again? I, two minutes ago, I was amped up, waving my arms yeah. in the air. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. It's like you know. I think uh, Call of Duty is another example of that. You know, like a massive fan of that franchise, mm. Modern Warfare One and Two. Whip you into a frenzy when they're announcing it. But it's like uh, you, you look at things and you go, you know what? That's just the corporate polished machine. Like at the end of the day, if you look at most breweries, craft breweries in Ireland, it might be two, maybe three people operations where you know they've got to brew the beer, they've got to market the beer, they've got to deliver the beer, they've got to, and they're not uh, experts in all these fields but, as well. Exactly. You know, like it's. You know, if you had a toothache, you're not going to go down to the mechanic and say, can you have a look at my tooth? You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And I think that's where, you know, the distributors themselves that we see that are there, Four Corners, Grand Crew. Um, I'd actually even Vanguard. Like, there's a great example of a yeah. guy you saw. Like, he, He's bringing distribution to the next level. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, if, if you've known publicans, they like the easy life. They like, they like com- people coming in to them don't want to be challenged that they just see the brand on the tap and say one of them point at and say one of them so an easy life for them and you know it's different for that if you look if you compare pubs in Dublin that maybe have a focus on craft beer to the pubs that you know are exclusively macro you will you will see that while you might have a bit of crack with the band and themselves it absolutely sound blokes I can think of a pub right near the roof brew dock where the guys are really nice uh, but you know they only think sell O'Hara's and a couple of other things in bottles but they, their main trade is people coming in I want a Guinness because they're next to a hostel people come to Ireland to drink Guinness but like people come into brew dock they look at 25 taps and they're going what do I order but this is the difference that you have staff behind the bar and who want to engage with people they give a toss like we've all been in pubs where you go in and you might it's, it's the old choice you're like a rabbit in the headlights you're like what do I go for here and the guy goes well we just got this in and we just got that in and you know that isn't doing the product any favours where if you go into the likes of you know Brewdock against the grain um, Porter House Central and Temple Bar that there is guys there that are enthusiastic about the beer you'll undoubtedly come across bad people in all careers and jobs and things but they will say well what do you normally drink well you know we might drink Heineken well we've got Fishers we've got one or two other things we've got a couple of bottles of lager in the fridge and that you're hoping that people won't be scared away it's important that you know people who are in that situation are keen and I think there's actually nothing worse than seeing pubs that give it a bit of a tough token effort mm-hmm. You know, they say, well, you know what, we actually stock three craft beers on draft. And it's like, but do you make an effort to sell any of this craft beer? It's not going to walk off the shelf itself. Um, and, you know, that that probably lead into what we're hoping to do with BR this year and, and going forward. Well, I'll give you a great anecdotal example of this, right? Uh, actually, it's very good that you've actually raised the likes of Brewdock and Against the Grain who were owned by Galway Bay, right? You go into these pubs, right? And now they're owned... These are pubs that are actually owned by a brewery, okay? So the like your instant thought would be, we're going to go in here 
and they're going to push their products over everyone else's. And they don't. No. These guys are, are truly love. They, they, they are so confident in the quality of their own beer, they don't feel intimidated by being able to put uh, Samuel Adams in there and keeping it on top, putting Sierra Nevadas on top, and even sticking other Irish craft brewers in there on top. Yeah, like, you know... It's incredible. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be a regular patron of the Brewdock since it opened in April 12, I think is when mm-hmm. it opened first. And they've had some fantastic staff go through their doors and, you know, Paddy would have been the lad that I got to know first and he's open against the grain now. But yeah, it's, their beer stands up against the, the other beers, but they, they will not push it over anything else. If a customer wants a Sierra Nevada Southern Hemisphere, they, yeah, no problem. They're not going to say, well, would you not try a Foam and Fury? Because at the end of the day, craft beer consumers might not stick to the same beer all night. They might sit, taste and say, look, can I have a taste that I've not had it before? Yeah. And they'll happily give you out a mouthful. But I think that's the one thing that really that sets a party yeah. thing. We, if we're going to go out and session, you order a pint yeah. without, like you know, we've all been there. We've all been to a place where you go, Jesus, I've not had that. I'll have one of them, and you go, Ugh. and you just have to spend five quid on the thing. Like we're in a recession, people are not clever with their money. I like the fact they do tasters yeah. of beer where you can go in there and for like as little as two euros, you can get what is effectively like basically a half of a three hundred and thirty mil bottle of beer. In a glass, and you can try multiples of them. Yeah. Farrington's do it as well. I, I, I love Farrington. Tasting trays are a great idea. Yeah. It's a brilliant idea. Yeah, like at the end of the day, they, they are massively supportive of the of the community as a whole in the craft beer sense, but they are also keen and eager to show off their their product. Like if you look at Galway Bay, are a fantastic example of you know entrepreneurial spirit as well yes. as a fantastic product. You know they have good food. Great beer, great staff. They have the three key components to build an amazing sense of customer loyalty. Like, I had a very good discussion with Alan in there in Brewdock recently. And I was saying, well, what moves for you? Like, because I know you've got your four or five Galway Bay taps, they're always there. You've got, at the time, you had one cask engine, now you have two cask engine, engines. And it's like, well, cask's really moving well because I'm getting in a second engine. Like, Cask is a niche within a niche. But he also said to me, out of all of the Galway Bay pubs in Dublin, in his opinion, that their their customers will drink Galway Bay products more than Against the Grain, than Black, uh, Sheep. Black Sheep, than, than Dark Horse. And he said, it's kind of like a local pub in the middle of the sea. He gets the same people in every other day, or however often they come in, but they'll always drink their full sale or their bay ale or their stormy pot that they'll always stick to the Galway Bay products Ireland is very different to the UK in the sense of 90% plus of pubs in Ireland are freehold mm. in the UK it's nowhere near that like it, you're generally talking maybe 4 or 5 mega brewing companies own a raft of pubs and or weather spoons or weather spoons <laughs> you know like they are coming and I think will be very good uh, in terms of opening up craft beer to um, more people, um, cask is a thing that most people wouldn't be familiar with, and Weatherspoons always have, have casks. Cask. And cask is an amazing. But not only that, but they carry the cask mark, so they are renowned for the quality of their cellar workers, mm. for the people who look after the beer. They're not in there to take the piss. They're, you know, 
we all have been in Weatherspoons as soulless graveyards. Like, I'm thinking places that are connected to airports and train stations. Or Weatherspoons and, like, in, in, where they're in very trendy parts of cities. Like, the, the Weatherspoons right in the centre of Manchester where it has that kind of, like, a fake Victorian English interior to it. And yeah, but there's some fantastic ones. The ones that are in the north, north of Ireland at the moment are mm. nice bars in their own right. But again... It's each to their own, like, you know, consumer choice is consumer choice, and, you know, we want more choice. Ultimately, you know, I got an absolutely pleasant surprise last night. I went ordered a takeaway from a new Thai restaurant that's opened up in Navin, and went into the local bar and said, you know what, I'm going to have a, a bottle while I'm waiting for this. And he's always carried... He's always carried a range of world beer. He's always, like, he had Magic Hat in there about five years ago. Jesus. Like, that's really Magic Hat, and it's like it's the most random thing. I said, like, What the hell is that? And it's like, Magic Hat, do you want one? I said, like, Yeah, give me one, and I'll see what it's like. But he's always carried something. But now, I went in and I counted about seven or eight different Irish beers in bottles. We had obviously the Trooper, which goes down very well. Um, he had a lot of like Schneiderweiss. Um, and, you know, I, I, just, I was actually genuinely shocked that this pub, that, you know, on draft, everything is the main guys. Um, but he has such a great bottle selection and you know I was like wow I'll definitely come back here again because I didn't realise that they had these these beers not only the Irish stuff but they had like the Schneiderweiss which I love the different taps of that and then you know it's funny you mentioned Schneiderweiss yeah. as an example right just before we get into the whole thing about the, your work with Bjorn and how it ties into this because it, the, the two of them are inextricably linked but Schneiderweiss it's interesting you mentioned that is in Germany, they actually haven't even had a start to their craft beer revolution. That's the fucked up thing is that they aren't even at that point where we're actually ahead of the curve with them and we think about Germany about how advanced they are beer-wise, how many different styles. You've got Dunkel, which is, you know, is their style. Then you've got, like, sour beers and, you know, Berliner Weisses. Like, you mentioned sour beers. You cannot but mention that. Like that's, But even that's, like, geographically almost unique to Berlin. Uh, and then you've got so many other different, like Pilsner, which for God's sake is effectively a Germanic beer. Mm-hmm. And even when you think about the beer purity laws as they used to exist, they were very, they were based off uh, German purity beer laws. Like, there's all these countries right now who are out there, and they're not even at this point, but we look at them and we go, wow, they've got like an amazing uh, culture of beer that's out there, but they aren't, they aren't at the point where we're even at. It's funny to even yeah. like think about this when you're looking at these countries. Well, when I look at Germany, I just look at, you know, they might be made by big conglomerates, but they are good beer. You know, they, because even though the, the German purity laws, are, they, I think the EU, it doesn't allow them to be enforced mm. anymore, most of the breweries actually still stick to that tradition. Um, yeah, there is not, you know, the only real stuff I've come across from Germany is by a brewery called Crew. Um, really good beer. I think the base of Munich... Currently undergoing a rebranding at the moment, but their, new, their crew IPA used to come in a blue label. Remember Paddy and Brewdock? Is this is at a time when you know I, I kind of try not to drink as much bottled beer in pubs because you know ultimately it's not as good value for money. Mm-hmm. But you know when you go into a place and you, you're like looking at say maybe Odell's IPA and it's seven quid plus a bottle and it's three fifty mils, you're kind of feeling a bit gypped. Paddy said to me, "Look, I've got a great IPA here. It's from Germany. We've only got a couple of cases in." I said, all right, how much is it? I think it was 5.30 a bottle. And I tasted it and the aroma, and I just thought, wow, it's fantastic. Every time I'm in O'Brien's, I pick up bottles because they always usually have it. They've got an ale, but they also have an imperial style called Roundhouse Kick, mm. which won a medal at the recent Altex as well. But yes, you know, Germany would be quite a traditional 
country in terms of its beer consumption with you know pork knuckles and everything <laughs> and lederhosen and sauerkraut and things but at the end of the day they've got some there is one or two I've you know I've actually been contacted by a couple with regards to reviewing their beer for my blog um, again the power of the internet you know like you kind of put Irish beer snob into Google and result number one hope to have the, the domain registered by the end of the weekend so redirect for irishbeersnob.com but I have been contacted by one or two brewers in Germany that are looking to expand and export you know like prime example would be Malta Beera at the mm. Alltech last week well, two weeks ago now yeah. and I got talking to those guys and they were just like you know what Spain is the wine drinking country we export something like 80% of what we make but they make a revolution IPA which I was absolutely blown away yeah, by you were, you were really I mean, effusive like, with it like you have got to Spain? play this Spanish IPA are you kidding me well, I was know, actually... like, all I could think of was San Miguel and Mahao and things and yeah. like wow or uh, yeah there was that's a terrible there. thing to think though you, you're kind of instantly kind of basing your thought on oh well look but even they, even those guys were saying that like like how difficult it is to get people to buy beyond even like uh, Estrella and stuff like that in yeah. Spain or to go beyond the San Miguel's even and that yeah. was really strange and there was another Spanish one there as well which I didn't get an awful lot of love which I thought was a shame was Espiga who did this yeah. beautiful like West Coast style IPA yeah. and it they was were, lovely actually yeah. and they were brewing that up in in Catalonia of all places Catalonia which is like you would not assume that a brewery would set up shop there and it was beautifully crafted like yeah. it was it stands up there with any West Coast style yeah. IPA that I've had and I think Altec the Altec Festival, like obviously, I was showing you around that Saturday, um, yeah. and I think it's really. I was like a blind man who had a guide dog. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, move, move, move. Um, the thing was that it was great to see international brewers there. Like you know, there's plenty of festivals on the Irish circuit. You know, it's a circuit now because there's so many regular festivals. Like you only have to look at there's. In March, we've got Irish Craft Beer in the Craft Beer Village in CHQ this yeah. year. Now, if you were at it last year, which I don't know if you were, were I don't you? Know. it was Ireland in March, misty rain. No matter how well you cover yourself up, you're not you're not going to enjoy it. So they're moving inside CHQ this year. Going to be great. Obviously, the RDS is the big show in in uh, September. Absolutely fantastic event. But you've got other things coming up now as well. Like, obviously, Franciscan Well always have had their festivals. They've, they've just had the Winter Ale and Cast mm. Festival last weekend. Fortunate to be at that as well. They've got an Easter Fest coming up. They always do something for Oktoberfest. You've also got the craft thing in Doolin as well. The Oktoberfest one, actually, in CHQ. And CHQ as well, but that's usually Paul Anna and, and Yeah, so I on. know. But, We're you know, like, what I'm, well, I'm not holding it. It's, it's great <laughs> that there is, like, you know... Ireland has this unfortunate, in some cases, um, connection to, you know, we all love a good time, we all love a bit of a party, but, you know, going to excess mm. in the sense of, like, you know, going way past. Now, I w- we're probably, alcohol consumption's fallen over the years due to the recession and so on, but I think you're seeing a lot more, you know, younger people seem to be drinking less, from what I see anyway, and, um, you know, maybe drinking different things because they don't want to drink the beer their dad drank they want to drink something else and they can say this is mine um, but the, the it's like that American catchphrase this isn't your daddy's beer yeah you know it's and you know it's 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 so it's so good to see these things coming up regularly like I think Kilrudry House are going to have something in mm. I think March or May I think it is 
that there's there's going to be all these sorts of things cropping up that will bring Irish craft beer in particular more into the public domain. Um, like you know, Tech Brew is an obvious example. Recently signed with um, a distributor, and you've probably seen them in your local Super Value. Super Value, yeah, of the, all places. Yeah, of all places. And what's funny is they showed this as an ad for. Uh, Six Nations beers and they had beers from they'd Hobgoblin in there then they had Peroni and they for the Italians and so they had a uh, French beer in there which is actually brewed in fucking Manchester Cronenberg <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah yeah and then they had brew in there and I went hang hang whoa that's a that's a big deal they've just signed a distribution deal at Musgraves of all people like that's well that's yeah huge. It's, it's, it's not Musgraves it's um, well Super Value is it's, well Musgraves are Super Value but their deal is with I think Creme and Red but it's a big deal to be in it to be in like a Musgrave store like don't forget Musgrave's recently bought over Super Queen and Super Queen actually in the last while have had decent ranges of craft beer in there which have been especially at Kona Brewing who I'm like an absolute junkie for I love their beers especially their Waimea which is just because again it has has a hop in it I really like Pipeline Potter is fantastic and the the long bar for the summer barbecue season is very good as well like again you know it's it's great for brew because you know I went into that boozer there last night getting the takeaway never expecting to see brew rua and bottle in these places and you know this is where having a distributor helps don't forget they only managed to get their first bottle runs out late last year as well yeah they so had like the they, bottle runs in time for Christmas yeah, yeah. and because we because I came down here and they were li- the, uh, they were literally out of the bottle run at that stage mm. and I was like no yeah like you know Rodney will in the proprietor of this establishment will always have something uh, there but you know it's a fantastic it's a fantastic achievement for Paddy and Dara because they work hard like the week of Alltech I think they were brewing five days in a row and you know Paddy and his yeah, Paddy wife said that was, at, was at the stand manning the shop while Dara was back doing the real work you know like uh, doing the brews and the distribution deal and you know not every craft brewer is going to be as lucky or will decide to go through a, a distributor themselves mm. but it, it, it alleviates a lot of the work of you know we brings us back to what we talked about maybe not being the experts of you know marketing themselves to local pubs and pubs in their area but it gives them a way in like and super value i believe trying to get into them as a supplier on your own is meant to be it's incredibly difficult. Like, it's like dealing with some sectors of the civil service but creme and redley are renowned for dealing with super value they're all based down in cork i actually met a couple of the guys from creme and redley there in uh, Framwell last weekend, but you know it's it's you know it's great to see gives them they've such a recognisable brand that you can see it miles away that that's a bottle of brew whether it's the Rue or the Ree the Dove or the Lager you can spot it straight away and you know like there are some distributors out there that will really push it and it gives to the I think the credibility I think for a publican who is maybe on the fence that if his CNR rep comes into him and says lads. I've got a fucking cracking beer from Meath. Ten miles down the road. Do you want to take a couple of cases and see how it goes? And they'll go, oh really, never even knew. And they'll take it in and it'll sell and they'll be like, bloody hell. Like, I even talked to the lads in this pub, Smith's on the Square in Navin, anyone who's familiar with it. And they were saying, the, the Rua and the Reeve, the Pale Ale, flying out. Who doesn't love a good, nice Pale Ale, to be honest? Yeah, like if you want to, it's, to be honest, I would say, if you're going to gateway into, into craft beer, you can't go far wrong than jumping into a Pale Ale. 
It's, no. it, it pretty much sets a standard for what you want to do with it. I mean, let's just jump into the whole Bjor thing quickly here. Like, uh, And this is an important thing. You're talking about the relationships between mm. brewers and consumers uh, and then publicans as well. I mean, we're in a pub which is like a very proud member of Bjor as well. You act as a regional representative for yeah. uh, this neck of the woods as well. Yeah. How the fuck did you even like go from like I'm I drink my beer and I have my reasons why I'm drinking what, my beer. What, what, you, what, you, what you meant to say is how did you go from functioning alcoholic to someone who can talk to publicans? I suppose like Bjor, well, I didn't want to presume. I mean, we get on very well. I didn't want to presume. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, like I've um, I joined Bjor myself last year for the first time. I'd often have uh, looked around the website because I've got some great articles on the forum about how to brew beer, which you know I've started doing myself at home. Um, but like there was always like talk about craft beers and the different, and it really kind of highlighted to me the sense of community spirit there is in the Irish craft beer sector in Ireland, and it, it came about kind of. By chance, really, I suppose, the Ruben uh, Taylor Vale, uh, the blog, he's the chair of Bjor this year. He put a post up in the Bjor member section, anyone not afraid to get up and stand up and talk to people. And it's like, well, I used to do that all the time in, in my work, you know, standing up in front of 30 people and telling them how they've lost money and things. But, you know, the, being able to actually engage with people and what they were hoping to achieve with the regional reps. Now, the regional rep idea has literally only come through in the last six months or so. Um, 2014 is going to be a interesting year for it because I suppose I cover Midlands which is a pretty big geographical area but I don't cover it myself. There's another lad who helps and I kind of said well, look I'm going to take on me and I suppose it's getting the time to maybe go around the major population centres and maybe go and into the different pubs and see what beers they stock because the, one of the biggest features of Bjor is Bjor Finder app. Like it's on Android, it's on iPhone, you know, the Winehouse here is featured as a recommended by Bjor because they give Bjor members a 10% discount on Irish craft beer and cider. So they, they will look after Bjor members, but they'll also, any tourists that are coming over, and Trim's a very popular tourist town. Exactly, Castle's sitting right it, back You in. know, the downloads in North America are very high, so that like Americans in particular want to try the local beer. Mm. Uh, one of the large local hotels stocks brew beer as well. And what will happen is that the Bjor Finder app will bring them in. So I suppose, from my own point of view, of a bit of research to do locally. But the idea is to kind of go in, talk to publicans about, about like, what, what beers you stock. Would you be interested in stocking Irish craft beer? What are your kind of obstacles for it? You know, like I'd even go as far as offering to do a tasting for people. You know, like I'm not, I'm not an authority on on beer, like say Dean McGuinness or any of these lads. But I know what how to describe the different styles. I know how to bring people through from your, you know, your standard pilsner up to your, you know, double IPA to see how they get on. But Bjor's main remit is to support Irish craft beer and increase consumer choice. Like we obviously will submit budget submissions to um, the, the, the government at the budget time. Like the, the last one we tried to implement was allowing craft producers to actually sell their beer on site, uh, which currently under current licensing laws are not able to do. And, you know, what we try to do is obviously, you know, in tandem with the craft brewers, we're not taking over for them, but we're trying to highlight them in the local area and, and hopefully even more places stop them because ultimately... It's a mutually beneficial arrangement. The more places that stock our favourite beers, the longer the brewers are going to be around to make our favourite beers mm -hmm. for us. Like we, 
as many successes as there will be, there's undoubtedly going to be failures along the way. And we're trying to, you know, help hold, not hold hands, but make the introductions and maybe get people to think about things a little bit differently. And it's, I suppose it's, judging by the number of publicans that were at Alltech there a couple of weeks ago, I think the penny is beginning to drop for a lot of them, saying, well, look, we just can't continue to do what we're doing. You know, it's Einstein's definition of crazy, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if your business is losing money, like, obviously, you can only cut costs so much, but, like, what can you do differently without actually overcommitting yourself? Like, no one in VR is professing to be a business expert, but from an Irish consumer point of view, we're saying, well, look, you know, if you, if you stop these you'd be on an app, you'd be visible, you know, people would come to you because you sell beer like this. Well, I had this conversation yesterday with Alec Lindsay, who's over in uh, Galvin's Carryout in Clondalkin, and uh, I was in there for a bit, Alex goes, hey, I've got some products, great, can we get some? I'm like, woo, in I go, got some, and I was talking to him about the range of beers that he has, that he has ranges of beers that there are other off-licenses that I frequent don't have, and he has ranges of beers that O'Brien's with their their muscle and distribution abilities don't have and he was saying to me that he finds it very difficult to sell craft beer in Clondalkin because he has slabs of cheap beer and slabs of your usual American yank fizzy piss waltzing out the door depends on your market man it really does depend on your market like and he's like he's a he's like he loves Bjorn like he's they're a member of Bjorn as well yeah like Rodney and the Winehouse and Alan who also manages the off license there you know if you walk into that off license next door you will see a huge choice of wine. You'll see phenomenal a phenomenal choice of spirits. Brand brand name, excellent spirits, um, very competitively priced, more so than the super value locally in a lot of cases. But then you'll go into that little room. Which is, I call the treasure fucking drove. You'd be like, and if you are a craft beer geek, lover, acolyte, whatever term you want to use, you'll walk in and you'll be transported into a t- in your mind, you'll be going back and saying, well, look, I feel like a five-year-old going into a sweet shop again. I remember being in Bristol maybe 15, 20 years ago when I was a, a young lad. and we, were out, we went out to Cheddar Gorge where they make scrumpy jack cider and yeah. all that. But they also make bullseyes and confectionery. And I remember being in a sweet shop and they were making bullseyes and just that awestruck feeling. And you go into the off-license next door here and you just get that same feeling for me. I walked in for the first time. I was here when he launched it. He had Dean McGinnis down. He had a few other people down. Dean, who people don't know, is like Dean is basically like I would call like the Jedi Master. Yeah, beer, beer Padawan. Beer Messiah is yeah. Dean McGinnis on Twitter. He's, he's also on Movies and Booze with Sean Yeah, Macri, oh, dude, like, he knows uh, it. What, what that guy doesn't know about beer is, you know, you could write on... He's forgotten more about beer yeah. than I, I could possibly know. I think when he was talking at Alltech, I think he said he's actually tried something like between three and 4,000 different commercial uh, beers yeah, in which his lifetime, is... which I, I was like, how do you even keep count? But the thing is, you have that that feeling of this is what I want but you know it's not it's not the main trade or business of these athletes and I think some people maybe need to remember that that craft beer is such a small market in a big market I think it's less than 3% in this country yeah I'm pretty sure sure market share is less than 1% I thought it was 0.9% last year uh, but my figures could be wrong but I've talked to Rob I got on very well, Rodney. And he told... I was in last week buying the last of his umbrella. And 
<laughs> you know, that's just for research. I'm doing a side by side with the new batch when it comes out. But the thing was, he told me that 10% of his total takings in the off license are from that small little cabin of craft beer. Sure, I remember the first time uh, you and me met, you said to me, Dude, you need to go down here yeah. into his little room in the back. And he gave me the story about the room in the back as well, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, the sewing room. It used to be where his grandmother used to sew years and years. And they've got some fantastic whiskies in there as well. Some great plans. But the thing is, he's currently doing ten times the average in off sales in there. He has a beautiful selection. Anyone who is like lives in the Dublin Kildare and the Wicklow Dublin border... Uh, I would also say if you live in Cavan, Cavan the border, Westmeath, yeah. get your hole down to trim, go in here and check out that little room. You will just, you lose your freaking mind. You'll walk out owing your bank manager a shit ton of money too. Funny funny story there before Christmas, where, you know the way you came down looking for, you were probably looking for the Rua. Yeah. Um, when it came in first, Rodney told me the four lads came down from Shercock and Cavan. Jesus. That's a that's an hour and a half spin from here. Yeah. Uh, and bought a case each and walked out. Because they'd heard about it on... they tried it in a pub somewhere mm. and they'd heard about it on boards.ie that this place was selling really. Yeah, because I only got to taste it that day because I was in here with Roddy and he was like, hang on a second, I have it actually just wired up on draft. Yeah. And he brings me out the uh, stout and I was just like... That's like real proper stout. Like that's like when I was a kid and like I wouldn't sleep. And my mom would give me a taste of like proper Guinness stout that from the bottle. That explains a lot, man. That explains a lot. I know, I know, it does. I was like, that's like what stout is supposed to taste like without none of the horseshit in mind. It's just very pure. And then I had the rue, and I was like, man, calling that a red ale like is it's either it's yeah. either a disservice to the beer or you're basically just saying you're shiting all over everything which is a pale ale because it's a beautiful beer yeah. but it is red but it's just hugely hopped afterwards yeah good old cascade you know it's the thing is that it, it challenges your perception of what a red ale is like the I love the branding of Rua they got and this is this again is the whole local the the artist who did the brand design for them is from a village called Messon which is halfway between Trim and Nine. I know where it is yeah and it's just like you know, local, local, local. The spent grain goes to local farmer to feed the cows. You know, the the guys are from the area. It's just a great story, and you know, I, you know, there is more to come. I think in me, there's such a large population. They've started to do tours as well, which I think is a hugely important thing as well. And I'm, I'm glad we're seeing this where guys want to engage with people and come up and show their beers off and. Uh, and again, this was something that I had a conversation briefly with one of the guys from Motorbank as well. And it was why like, their story about the nomadic brewing, or the gypsy brewing as they like to call it, uh, came around. And I was like, wow. And they were like, yeah, we did the Ferrami beer, which is... I want to talk about beers in a little bit as well. Like The 2013 beer of the year for me, I have stuck my nail uh, colours right to the cross. And I said, Ferrami, hands fucking down. Yeah, you know, Ferrami is an unbelievably complex uh, It's beer. a mindfuck of a beer. When you need to know it's made. Because I know, um, I talked to Declan a few times and he just kind of talked through the malt and I was like, wow. Uh, the malt part of that alone yeah. is just like your brain splattered all over the fucking wall for me. Yeah, you know what? I was actually talking to Declan the other night and he, he said they chucked in a load of hazelnut. And it didn't really come out for him, and he was a bit unhappy with that. And I was like, you know, saying, are you going to make fire me again? Because I said, like, you know, number one fan of me on Saturday, crying in my arms if I tell him no, and unfortunately, no. Um, Ferrami may come back, but it may not come back in the same way. But it's a phenomenal beer. Like, I suppose 
Talking about beards, I suppose it's like you know how long do you have. You know, the depends on your mood. Like, I think the thing, the thing is, there's a beer for every occasion. Um, well, okay, someone said to you like, okay, give me your five go-to beers. Five go-to beers. If I walk into a pub and there's twenty taps and I don't know what I'm having, first one's going to be Sierra Nevada Pale. Go-to. Good solid. Go-to. Never lets you down. Rock solid. Good flavour profile. Gives you gives you that breather to kind it's of a pick. kick-ass beer. Like the amount of times I've gone into places like Farrington's and and Against the Grain and Brewdock and I'm like, they're going, God, you know what? I don't know what I want. And then you're actually looking at what they have and you're going, bloody hell, how do I make a choice? Sierra Nevada Pale Ale never lets you down. No. I love the torpedo, but it wouldn't be a go-to because it's a bit of a, ha- uh, a palate killer. You actually have to be in a mood for a torpedo. Like yeah, it's, it's, a pa- it's a palate killer right at the very beginning. You know, it, it's like it's like stand up <laughs> and pay attention. Yeah. You know? I, then, you know, I love, in the winter, a good stout. You know, the brew stout is really good, but I'm a real big fan of the Dungarvan coffee and oatmeal stout in the winter season, they do. Um, a lot of people like that a lot. Have it on cask occasionally when it's up here. Dungarvan do a fair bit in cask, and I think they're beginning to keg now going forward. Um, I suppose I'm a real huge fan of St. Luplin by Odell's. Yeah, that's you. So you said to me, put your hands on this. I got a bottle of it, and I was just like, wow, can't believe I got this. It's a pity it's not as fresh as it could be, no. but it's still great. It holds up, though. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. It holds up in the bottle for its age. Yeah. Like, there are some beers, when you get them in the bottle, and they're tra- traveling along down the road, getting over here from the States, and, dude, they don't fucking hold up. Yeah, you know, it's... Um, some beers are horrible at traveling and aging, like it, but that actually held up fairly well. Yeah, you know, we, we had Hoptimum last year by the Full Cone Hops from Sierra. That was a beast of a beer. In, that was in amazing. It's, in, in its, like, you and your IBU junkiness would have loved that, I'm sure. But I did, the, actually. Was the, nice. the thing was, again, the difference with Hoptimum coming in and St. Lupulin coming in was Hoptimum came in and it was bottled six weeks. That's probably among the freshest American beer I've ever seen in Ireland. Yeah. When when Hoptimum landed first, we get it about three months, and it's like it's here after three months. Like yeah, because a lot of it time. comes in through the UK. But yeah. that particular those bottles, I got a bottle in Provost Wines in, uh, in Dublin City Centre. There, I don't know if you've ever been there. Fantastic little off license, just great deli as well. It's 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 like it's. You can have a you can buy a bottle of beer and pay twenty percent excess to drink it on site because it used to be a pub, so it's like fantastic. But it's food, as in his deli, like his ham and cheese sandwich. It's like proper baked ham with Hegarty's cheddar, and you know, have a bottle of you know maybe I don't know Rust Bucket by Kinnegar. Oh, a lot of beer to have with a ham you know, and cheese sandwich. It's just, you're just there going like bloody hell, Paul. This is fantastic, and he runs tastings. Every Thursday, every Saturday evening, my good friend Aidan does the Aidan Sweeney um, blog, Brews International, does, does the tastings. Um, so that's what, three out of five, is it? Yeah. You know, it's very, di- it's very difficult for me to name beers like that. You know, I do love, you know, sometimes I just love a little simple beer. You know, the it doesn't have to be six, seven percent. You know, for that reason, I love Saltair Blonde. Uh, on cask I always drink it when I'm back in the UK because most places where I, I grew up will stock saltair and it's just nice I think it's about 3.8 maybe 3.7 it's very very light beer it's a nice, nice session beer and you can you know keep your wits about you before you go on to the triple vodka and red bull and stuff but ah, man I love my hoppy stuff I really do love my hoppy stuff huge fan of Umbrella by 8 Degrees um, huge fan of Foam of, of and Fury by um, Galway Bay 
um, it's you are the full sail in Galway Bay is so well hocked it's, it's great but you know a beer you can get all the time to have in my top five okay. I pro- I'd probably talk in Odell's IPA maybe it's, it's always good it's a really good. good beer it's always good but again it's very hard to get fresh and you know it's it's a, it's a year round beer but then you've got the Founders All Day IPA which is fantastic you've got the Founder you, you know it's really a, that's a it, real it, smash made it's, beer for it's, me. it's an impossible question to answer like what's your five beers like my go to beers would be definitely Pale Ale by Sierra Nevada you know, if it can get it all the time, the Dungavan oatmeal stout is fantastic. I do love the Full Sail by Galway Bay. Um, the Brew River, love it. I prefer the Re. Um, had it on cast last week in Franciscan Well. Oh my God, that's all I can say. Um, and I, I'm maybe not as much of a hop junkie as you, but I do like my Lupulin IPA, Lupulin and Theodel's IPA. Uh, Torpedo's very good. But you know what? I'm going to play the fifth. I can't do a top five. It, but it's just not fair. It's, it's not fair to the many, many, <laughs> many beers that I've tried. I think my I checked my untapped stats there. I think I have 109 unique check-ins now, which you know I've only really started using untapped the last couple of months. But you know, there's so many great beers. Out what's there. your What's your uh, your guilty beer secrets, or what's your like your your dirty little beer secret? <laughs> like I'll go up front and I'll be up front. My guilty beer secret is Blue Moon. Oh, Blue Moon. It, it, no, considering like yeah, I, that no, is my guilty no, no, beer. No, that, that's not absolutely terrible. Um, it is bad though. <laughs> I tell you what, man, it really does depend. Like I love Modelo, the special, the, but only during the height of summer when you're having barbecues because it just reminds me of my time in the states where I was drinking two bottles of it for five dollars, and it was just like forty degrees heat, and you're just like, this is fantastic. You know, that probably my guilty pleasure. You know what? I won't turn down a Guinness if I'm in a pub that has no craft beer. Like, it's... I'm really particular about that. There's only two places in... Well, there was three places in the country I would get. I would have a Guinness quite happily out of, right? First one was a pub in Leakslip uh, called the Salmon Leap Inn, but that closed. Those oh, guys really, pub, that Yeah, way. they really gave a shit about their Guinness. The Horse and Jockey in Tipperary. Right, Which yeah. I literally... I went down there and had a Guinness. I was on my way down to watch... Uh, Egg chasing was Leinster versus Munster down in Tom Park. Stopped off, had a Guinness. I literally could have just gotten a fucking spoon. It was like ice cream in a glass. It was yeah, just like it, like bring it. Talking about that, I actually remember being on Ackle Island a few years ago, and we stopped at some pub that used to be a bloody horse shed or something. Mulligan, no, Mulligans maybe it was called. I can't remember. It was on the road out to Keel anyway. I was there with um, my wife and my parents were down there as well. We said, you know what, we'll take a break. We'll go in there and have a pint. And it was just like supping cream now Guinness will have its haters but thankfully the local pub at home does a good Guinness but again they've also got a few different bottles of craft in now which kind of makes me feel a little bit less guilty in that sense but you know Guinness I'd never turn it down it's very rare you get a horrible pint like I've it, grown up with it so I, I'm at my right like, I'm like it's like a yeah, you, you, can, you, can, you can tell you can tell with a Guinness though you yeah. know you can tell if it's not like you just look at if it's being drunk you look if people who are drinking it is sticking to the side of the glass and then you just make a decision from there like look at the end of the day there are times where we have to relentlessly unfortunately bite the bullet and consume a pint of fizzy piss occasionally you know it does happen it's, it's sometimes too early in the day to drink a JD and coke you know but uh, <laughs> I'm just know. like just bring me the vodka so I can have some vodka just, flavor just give me vodka. the spirits just hook it to the veins um, but you know your guilty secret isn't that bad but it's no longer a guilty secret now no um, but you know at the end of the day I know 
and this is an interesting thing, my wife started out drinking Blue Moon. Now she's a hot monster. She loves. She, I'm actually worried for my my stash at home. I really am. I know. Like last night, I was like chatting back and forth with Janice last night on Twitter, and she's like, "I'm gonna have to." I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to get a separate beer fridge just for me with a padlock on it. Maybe a retina scan just to be safe. You know, it's just you know, she absolutely loves Foam and Fury, and like 18 months ago, she would have absolutely be horrified drinking that. And I think that's an important lesson for everyone who is maybe thinking about starting to try craft beers, mm. like. You used the analogy previously about the chilies. Mm. You know, it's like I know people who've never eaten Indian food. I love Indian food. Obviously, growing up in Northern England, you definitely get good Indian food. Oh hell yeah! I can definitely attest like to that. Trying to talk to people who've never eaten Indian before, so do you want an Indian? I'm like, oh no, I don't like. And then I'll end up ordering something like a karma. Yeah. But you're never going to turn around and say somebody is having their first thing. You know what? You need a foul. You need a vindaloo. You need something that will make your eyes bleed. You never do that. And it's the same with craft beer. I think. I think people need to be realistic to say, well, look, if you're going to go out there and try something, this is what I recommend. And, you know, something a little bit inoffensive, like a Blue Moon, like a, a Fisher's Hells or mm. Sam Adams. I think Sam Adams is a great game yeah. here for that. Like, especially if you were someone who drinks, like your Heineken's rest, I yeah. don't think it's too big a step to go to Sam Adams Boston Army. No. But you see, ultimately, if you bring someone in and don't chuck them in at the deep end, yeah, don't give them like something like a hardcore IPA or a jackhammer. Okay, go get that idea. Suck, or a McKellar's. Suck on that. Now, speaking <laughs> of McKellar, Tool First Frontier, that is an unbelievable... Yeah, First idea. Frontier, if you've never had this and you like your craft beers, I am with you on this. It's a fucking phenomenal Those Danes know beer. what they're doing, man. Well, don't forget, like, we had Koibus at the Altec as well, and they're Imperial number four. Oh. Well, actually, I have the tool fuck out. This is religion at home to try. Uh, I think I got one of the last bottles here. I'm not sure if there's more in there. I know. I seen you. You had that. And I was just like, you are a bastard. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you know, it's I'm, I'm like a good addict. I'll come and take what was offered. Um, you know, but the, you've the good sense to at least send me a DM to go, hey, get down and pick some up before you get cured out. I wonder if he has any phone material left. But the find out after. The, the thing is, like, at the end of the day, the you bring someone along a journey, you don't chuck them in at the end because they'll just, they'll hate it. And I think for craft beer to be more successful, we need the gateway products, we need the stuff that's not going to frighten people away. Because flavour, like I drink less beer, but I drink more flavourful beer. Yeah, I've noticed this as well, and anyone else who I've talked to who's now, like there's a buddy of mine who's actually working on the Rye River Brewing uh, installation as well. He's doing all the electrics for them. That's his deal. He would be a well. Can I have a pint of Guinness or can I have a Heineken or can I have a maybe not Coors but maybe even be Molson like something like that. He's like one of those guys that drinks like he's happy drinking his fizzy piss and more power to him. But Niall recently stuck a load of the Magargo stuff in front of him. I, t- I told him go get a punk IPA. So I fucked him in the deep end right, and he was like, "No, I don't like that." And then he had like Are you surprised. Well, everyone else seemed to like it. He was just the exception, like because he's like die hardcore for his fizzy piss. Mm. But he had the IPA from the Gargoyles, and he likes that. And he was like, he found that less offensive. He found it easier to drink. But he says I'd happily sit over that for half an hour, forty minutes, and not be concerned about the fact that it's shit when it gets warm. Unlike Budweiser, you leave it sitting there from its Budweiser ice, and by the time it comes up to room temperature, like I might as well have just whipped down the zip, pissed in a glass, and drank it. Yeah, like it's. Um, I think it's important that those kind of products are, are developed. Like I think I was talking to Tim O'Rourke, and he said that Irish craft brewing is kind of like the German flag. It's like it's either 
it's either a pale ale, a pale ale, a red ale, or a stout. In terms of the colours, it's either it's what you know, yellow, red, and black. I really want to see us do more in this country, like because I'd love to see us doing like. Like, when you're talking about stouts, I want to see more dunkles come into this country. I want to see yeah. Irish-style box. I really want an Irish fucking sour. I'm, I'm, I'm begging I, I, I wouldn't imagine that you'd be waiting too long for that. No, to be honest, um, White Gypsy are just totally out there with their beer. Oh, they're doing something. The Duke and Obelix. Obelix was all... We're amazing, and Jamie, absolute top bloke. I've come, uh, we've that was wobbling me stuff. We, we've hung out at festivals together, and he's an absolute top lad. Um... You know, actually, it, your Belgian was a real fucking yeah, really good. Oh. Like their American pale ale, oak aged, in the sharing bar. Oh yes, that's great with the curry. The thing is, we are at the we're on the way up the mountain at the moment, and we will reach several plateaus as we go, and you will see people fall back inevitably. But there's such a diversity in styles in interpretations in people taking risks that it can only get better from here like oh, you know I'm so excited to be a part of it in the sense of I write about beer I tweet about beer I talk about beer I will ta- talk I brew my own beer I talk the hind legs off a donkey about beer I'm just so excited to be in this space it's nothing financial for me this is like purely a hobby. Like my, I work Monday to Friday, nine to five. I'm a desk jockey slave, like a lot of people. But, no different, you know. And it's great to have that escape to say, well, you know, what? I've missed the bus, so I'm just going to pop in and have a pint of brewed up. What I have today, and you know, I've done that a couple of times, and you know, it should be rude not to. But at the end of the day, there is going to be job creation out of this. There's going to be. Other spin-off benefits. So you look at things like N17. Oh God, yeah, like what and, she's doing, like with know, her spent product, even. Yeah, like That's again, amazing. Sarah is an amazing, amazing person. Um, I'm really excited about the what meet the brewer session in Franciscan Well was eye-opening in terms of the potential to to what we can do. But we've guys were stepping up out of the homebrew club, national homebrew club. Like the guys in Otterbank are dudes who came from the homebrew club. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's you the know, trouble beer as you were saying to me earlier. Yeah, friend. like um, I think Rossa from the homebrew club did Galaxy and yeah. you know, there's there's you know, like at the end of the day I think you know, Bjorn we're off down to Black's Kinsale now, eighth of March to do a brew day. Envy you guys hugely for um, you know, it's it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be a long day. Like I've done a couple of I've helped out the lads over and brew it on a brew it's a long day it's an early start and it's shoveling grains and you know but like it's all part of learning how it works like obviously homebrewing gives you an idea on a small scale but when it gets to a bigger scale it's, it's, it's shoveling out a mash tun it's always good for a laugh yeah exactly but you know what it's it's fun it's going to get better and I'm glad I'm here for the show and you know what I'm just hearing bells ringing and I'm going that is hitting up for last orders I want to say Wayne thank you so much for jumping on the podcast you know what it's not going to be the last time you're going to be jumping on the podcast no I reckon we make a pretty fearsome and two we do I want to get people to know if they don't already know where the hell your blog is what's the address they need to hit up um, it will soon be irishbearsnob.com we'll just go into Google and irishbearsnob it brings the first entry up as a blog spot entry so you should get it and on the twitter machines at irishbearsnob and of course you can always follow the show at 11pm somewhere and you can hit us up in the new URL www.11pmsomewhere.com and the new site will be going live soon so until next time keep the fizzy piss out of your glass